You just don't want to talk, really. I'm just about that action, boss. It's about that action with Wes Bryant and Patrick Ronan. Oh, man. Pat, it is like in Godzilla when the people saw him coming and they just couldn't contain themselves and they just yelled out in sheer terror of what was coming. It's Godzilla. <laughs> it's Godzilla. It's Godzilla. Oh my goodness, Pat. What, what is it? Christian Wilkins. Christian Wilkins. Dexter Lawrence. <laughs> Listen, man. Oh, they are monsters. I picked them last week on the show, as we heard, and not not here to gloat at all. I did not even foresee what we saw on Saturday night. For those of you who do not know, Sheesh. 47 to 21, Clemson dominant. I it, made was, sure it was worse than that, too. It was yes. worse than 47-21. Dominant. Two garbage touchdowns to make it 21. Yes. Uh, they came out and made Lamar Jackson as much as we ranted and raved and bloviated to take a word out of Stephen A. Smith's vocabulary. Ooh, that's a good one. Wes A. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> he, they made him look like just another guy. Yeah, they really did. So let's talk about it. Let's talk that talk. It was, uh, I think, yesterday, you know, last week I said I thought the key to the game was going to be could Louisville's O-line give Lamar enough time to be, to be Lamar, and they simply didn't. I mean, they were – it was snapped the ball, and two or three seconds later, there was an orange jersey or two on Lamar every single time. Even when he did get passes off, they hit him. Uh, they frustrated him. They kept him between the hashes. They really – they ate him alive, which I just didn't think was possible. But uh, I think a lot of it was because Louisville just couldn't get any pressure. I think if Louisville couldn't get any protection. I think if you're Louisville, you had a nice pie going. And you have to split up a little bit. Lamar has to be better. Um, but also, like you said, the offensive line struggled a lot. And then you combine that with the fact that the receivers absolutely got their souls taken. You remember Mortal Kombat, <laughs> Shane Tucson, uh, his finishing move was that he would take, <laughs> take his, his soul, soul. Oh, yeah. and put it inside of himself. Yeah. And that's what the Clemson defense did to the Louisville receivers. They wanted no parts uh, of what Clemson had to offer them uh, Saturday night. It, it seemed like the receivers checked out early, too. For some reason, Lamar was putting balls in there. He was putting balls in there with some speed, too. And they just weren't going for him. It's, I don't know. I don't know if they weren't. I don't know if the chemistry was off, if the receivers weren't looking for the right ball, they are running the wrong routes or whatever it was. But they just there was no connection between Lamar and his receivers. It was, it was weird. Drop balls right through their hands. Almost looked like times he was throwing. It almost looked like a college quarterback was throwing passes to high school receivers. So, yeah, throwing to high school receivers. They clearly weren't ready for this moment. Uh, and everything just kind of just spiraled out of control. Do you think the play that Lamar Jackson runs the ball and it looks like, uh-oh, here comes Lamar, when it gets called back for the top block, how much do you think that affected the game? Or do you think what was going to happen was going to happen anyway? It's it's always hard to come back to those like what if this play happened, what if that play happened, especially when you win as convincingly as Clemson won. 
But you'd have to imagine that that play would have helped. I mean, it did not take long for Clemson to take the air out of Papa John's Stadium and turn a thick crust pizza into a thin crust pizza. <laughs> there, it was, there was a lot to talk about, a lot to chew on before the game, and then you, got, you opened the pizza box up, and there was just not a lot there um, besides a heavy dosing a dose of Clemson's defense. So, yeah, it would have helped. Do I think in the end it would have made a difference? No. Yeah, and I definitely could have thrown another pizza box joke in there the way for saying, but we'll leave that alone. Um, yeah, I mean, it just looked like the same issue Louisville had last year was what they had this year. I felt like once Clemson really started to pour it on and they really could see that they were going to have a really tough night, I feel like they kind of packed it in. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they were like, hey, and in that defense, which already, I mean, you're talking about a defense that uh, gave up 37, I believe it was, to North Carolina. 35, yeah. 35. So, you know, we're not talking about a, a world-beating defense here. Especially with no Jair Alexander. Exactly. And Without so, their best player, yeah. they were in trouble. So then, and then you factor fatigue in. And with the offensive line like Clemson, and that is lunch meat. I can speak as a former offensive lineman. A defense like that, I mean, they were soft, as my uncle would say, soft as uh, ice cream out in the Mississippi sun. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was pretty easy. It was easy pickings for the D-line for Clemson all night long. I mean, they were all over Lamar in a way that we have really yet to see an ACC team uh, bottle him up. Yeah, and it was the usual suspects. Uh, Dexter Lawrence had a sack. Christian Wilkins had a sack. Sterling Johnson had a sack. And then you got to talk about the player Dorian O'Daniel, who is really starting to emerge as one of the primetime players in the league. He is. He gets a pick six where it really takes the momentum out of the stadium. Uh, I guess I'm trying to bite off you, Pat, it flattened the tires on the delivery car uh, to deliver the pizza. Yeah, that, so, that was when it was over. Yeah, yeah. You, so, you knew when he took that to the house it was over. So now, you know, everybody knows what has happened. Do what's the fallout from this game? I felt like after this game was over with, a national championship statement was made. I felt like a message was sent to the Alabama Crimson Tide that we are not going anywhere. The quarterback may have changed, but things are still the same down here in Death Valley. And as much as we talked about Lamar, like I said, his back-to-back Heisman dreams are now dashed. You said they're dashed? They're dashed. You think they're totally dashed? They're dashed. Well, no, I'm not ready for that. His, his stat line actually looked his good. His stat line looked good, right. He did the throw. Game. He threw for 300-plus and three touchdowns with an interception. He did. But I'll give it. Going into the fourth quarter, he only had 118 passing Exactly. So one, and the game was decided. 199 of his three eight, or 317 and two of his three touchdowns came in the fourth quarter when it was garbage time. Yeah. But – Heisman is a very stats-heavy. If this is his only bad game and Lamar plays like Lamar the rest of the year, I don't think he's out of the Heisman race at all. I don't think he's out of it, but I just think the fact that he won't win it now because this blemish. I think Heisman voters are looking for something to keep him from getting it. I agree. I think this is going to be what they use against him. Uh, it would really take some lackluster performances from some of the guys who are up for the war right now. You know what I mean? You argue about LeBron James and stuff like that right. sometimes. And I said during the fourth quarters of these finals uh, from the past year that he had empty triple doubles. <laughs> and uh, LeBron's stats in this game are very hollow. They're very hollow. They are. They are. Hollow is a very good word yes. for his stats. Yes. They're very yes. hollow. They so are. These are. I don't think he's done for Heisman, but I'm with you. It's going to be tough sledding the rest of the way. Uh, as for Clemson, though, I'm with you, man. This was a full-on statement. Let everyone know that just because we lost 
everyone and their mom that wasn't Hunter Renfro and Deion exactly. Kane on offense. Yes. We are still very, very good, and we want another ring. Um, I have no reason. There's nothing in my mind to make us think that we are not going to have an NBA situation where a it's trilogy. Just gonna, a trilogy. Yep. I mean, we might as well set the date. The date has been set. The arena has or the venue has been set. It's going to be Clemson and Alabama in the national championship again. You know what? I think I will have to agree with you uh, at this point. I think Oklahoma uh, has something to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on how the seeds shake out. Right. Uh, I think we could see an Oklahoma-Clemson final or a Oklahoma, I mean a Clemson-Alabama final. And the thing is, when you look at this team now, is it Clemson's time now? Because Dabo Sweeney has now defeated all of the big dogs. He's the big dog at the table at this very moment. Oh, he's yeah. beaten Saban. Mm-hmm. He's beaten Urban Meyer. He's beaten uh, well Bob Stoops when he was at Oklahoma, but they Jimbo. dominated Oklahoma. He's beaten Jimbo. He's beaten everybody. Mm-hmm. He is the lead dog sitting at the table right now. And I think the statement was made. They now know that uh, this team is a force to be reckoned with. And for a team, when you look at Alabama, where Nick Saban was quite upset that they could not get pass rush, but this Clemson Tigers team has it. Now, some of the questions I had going in that were answered, the front seven, I wondered if the linebackers were uh, true to form to match up with the defensive line. That question was answered. Kelly Bryant, while I'm still not 100% sold on him. You're still not there? Still not, but I have to give him his credit. He did make some excellent throws. He stepped up in the clutch for them. Yeah. And I think he's certainly good enough to win a championship for them. Okay. So you've pivoted a little bit. A little you've bit. Pivoted, I did. I have warming. to give credit where it's due. All right. All right. Good. Because I had, I'm not going to lie, I did have a few of my Clemson buddies ask me on Saturday night and Sunday morning uh-huh. how Wes is going to feel about that performance by Kevin <laughs> okay. Bryant. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> so I'm glad that, uh, Although I'm, I'm 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 there with him, okay. but I'm glad that you uh, at least are warming up to him being a championship caliber quarterback. And and even though they you lose a Mike Williams, and you know you lose a Wayne Gallman and some of those guys, they're getting it done by committee, and that committee is pretty doggone good. I mean, you put in your third, fourth string running back, Travis Etienne. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yep. I, I mean, my lord, he gets in there and takes off. He could start for pretty much any other team in the country. Um, you know, from Tavian Feaster, who looks like he's ready to emerge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I forget the other kid. Uh, you talking about Adam Choice. He comes in. He looks good. C.J. Fuller looks – I mean, C.J. Fuller. He looks good. This team is loaded. Their depth offensively makes up for the losses they've had. Yeah. I think they're letting the rest of the country know that they are ready and willing to go back-to-back. Back. Yeah, I think so. I think they're uh... – it's Clemson's time. That's just flat out. It's just it's Clemson's time. It's time. And, and, and I said when I watched the game, I never would have thought in a million years watching college football that Clemson would reach the heights that they've reached at this point. I just did not see it coming. I thought Clemson would always be a team that even in at their best, you're talking 10 wins and an Orange Bowl appearance. Right. Never did I see dominant national program. Um, so... Fantastic by them. As we go forward, when you look at Clemson's schedule, who's there to who's there? Because now you say if you can make Lamar Jackson look ordinary, then who can't you? I mean, there's no one to if you can stop Lamar Jackson the way they did, emphatically yes. stop Lamar Jackson. I 
I mean, tell me who who's going to beat that defense. I just don't. I don't know. Unless you need to find you, it's going to take a a super talented offensive line yes. with a dual threat quarterback and a big time running back, <clears throat> Alabama, to have any sort of yeah. chance to beat these guys. I mean, I guess it's it, like we'll look. We're looking at it right now. I mean, on the road at Virginia Tech. Uh, in two weeks, that's the next week. That's that's the game that's, for me. That's the game. That's the game yeah, for me. I think I think that's on it. the road at Virginia Tech and Josh Jackson. As good as he is, can a redshirt freshman do anything with this defense? And then uh, you've got Florida State, but we know now that that matchup has lost some of its luster. And then you got South Carolina, the always dangerous rivalry game. Right. They lose Debo Samuel this weekend, which is a key cog in their attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Right now, the Clemson Tigers look like the class of college football. They are. That's just plain and simple. They're the <laughs> class of the ACC and then the class of college football. Yes. All right. So, you know, now we talk about the Virginia Tech Hokies who come out, and they look absolutely explosive. They beat West Virginia week one. Then they come out and hang 65, 64 points 64. on the East Carolina Pirates, which, you know, West Virginia, the team that they beat, came out and put 57 on them, I believe, the week before. So whoever that defensive coordinator is, uh, he better not have moved his stuff out of the U-Haul boxes. It is seriously tough times yes. uh, for the Pirates yes. and yes. fans of the Pirates in Greenville. Yeah. Uh, yikes. Virginia yeah. Tech, but how good is Josh Jackson? He comes in, the first freshman to start for the Hokies since Michael Vick. And right now, he is playing spectacularly uh, for the Hokies. When you look at the kids' numbers, and like I said, we don't like the statue to death on the show, but, I mean, my goodness, 64% completion rates, 829 yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions, and the third leading, I mean, the second leading rush on the team with a five-yard average per carry. He's really getting the job done. For yeah, he guys. is. It's that interception stat uh, that really gets me with him. Uh, you know, young quarterback, you really want to see that they're going to take care of the ball, that they're going to manage the game, that they're not going to make a bunch of mistakes or take a bunch of chances uh, and put their teams in a bad position. And he simply doesn't do that. Josh Jackson controls the game. He knows how to use his feet. He knows how to use his arm. Uh, he's got weapons. And uh, he's looking good, man. If I'm a Virginia Tech fan, I am so, so happy that that kid is a freshman. Do they have any chance to be Clemson? No. <laughs> that's that's it. Are nope. they going to win the Coastal? Yeah. Have they emerged as the front runner in your book? I'm still sticking with the Canes until I well, see otherwise. That's the thing but is Virginia Miami, Tech scaring me. We haven't seen Miami in so long that the book is still out on them. But the only team that could beat Virginia Tech in the Coastal is Miami, in my opinion. It's a two-horse race over there. Clemson is already decided. You know the Coastal gets over. crazy. The Coastal does get crazy. The Coastal gets crazy. Don't count out my tar. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that gets yeah, a laugh from yeah. the, the um, section. The Duke Blue Devils, though, the Duke, they I think they pick one of those guys off. They're going to get one of them. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't think Virginia Tech goes. They definitely lose one game. They lose somewhere. The way the that game. defense is playing right now for the Duke Blue Devils, they need to be tested a little bit more, but they look mm-hmm. really good. Daniel Jones is one of the guys Daniel in the Jones league that stud, nobody's man. talking about. He's a stud. I think they, they knock off Virginia Tech or Miami. One of one of those two I think Duke is going to get. I feel like this is going to be a really good season for the Blue Devils. I could ride with you on that. I'll ride with you. They'll take one of those two down. Yes. So uh, now let's talk a little bit. If we since we've talked Clemson, 
Let's talk a little bit about your Wake Forest demons. Listen, demons. man. Listen. Watch yourself. Three and zero. Rev the engine, baby. Uh, but Get the on thing the motorcycle. is, and the thing is, when you look at the schedule, you know, even as a Wake fan, you know, okay, we beat a Utah State, we beat Boston College, and we beat Presbyterian. But you know, when you follow your team, whoever that team may be, you look for progress. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And so when you talk about Wake Forest right now. The points that they're putting up, that's the thing that really gives you a lot of encouragement if mm-hmm. you're a fan in Winston-Salem. I mean, you're talking about these guys, 131 to 27 uh, scoring margin this season. They hang 46 on Utah State, which was a bowl team last year. They hang 34 on BC. And then you put up 51 when past seasons, Wake is squeaking by in some of these games. You're talking 17-7, 24-7, you know, games where you're just barely getting by and unimpressed with what you've seen. Right. Um, but, like I said, the thing is, when Coach Dave Clawson inherited that program, you're talking about he had a lot of young guys. He had to clean up a lot of stuff. Now those young guys, those young pups are becoming old dogs as far as experience. John Wolfe is playing really well. We talk about touchdowns and interceptions. You're talking six uh, to zero and nine yards in attempt. And that's the thing that you really like to see because Wake Forest before would run the football a ton and barely take shots down the field. So that's the thing that encourages you a lot. I'm a huge fan of Greg Dortch. This guy's over 12 yards per catch. Yeah, shout uh, out to got, Greg Dortch. He's man. got four touchdowns and also dangerous in the return game. First uh, first freshman ever at Wake Forest to haul in a touchdown in his first three career games. They've got a good one at Appalachian State this week. Appalachian State, there's kind of a little bit of a rivalry there. They talk, you know, who's the real black and gold, yada, yada, yada. Don't get me started. They love to come to Wake. <laughs> they love to come to Wake football games wearing their little stuff and – you know, they, they, they come in and, oh, we're real black and gold. And I'm like, get out of here, man. Like, stop with that. <laughs> you, you threw the mountain country. I did. And they don't even wear gold. They wear yellow. Okay? Because I take that a little part. That's kind of a good point. They are more of a yellow than they are. <laughs> that's what gold. I'm saying. They're yeah. yellow. So, that's a good point. Uh, but wait. So how, how confident are you in your deeks this week? Oh, for sure. We're going in there. We're going up in the mountains. And we're coming back with the flag. You think? No question at all. Uh, it'll be even interesting though to see. App, even though app, I will give credit where it's due. They have made the move from FCS to FBS, and they've really done a great job. They head coach Scott Satterfield and those guys. They play good football. So Wake is going to have to go up there and earn it. There's not going to be any blowouts or anything of that nature. And uh, – uh, app got blown out by Miami last season, they so did. they definitely want to make a statement against an ACC team, and they're definitely going to look at Wake as a team that they can do it against. So Wake has to definitely be uh, careful going up there in the mountains. Yeah, only four, only a four point favorite up in Boone, North Carolina. <laughs> so I'll yeah. save I'll save my pick till the end. But okay. I'll give you a little little teaser. On now let's one. talk your heels. Yeah. Uh, you throw up a half a hundred Woo. on Old Dominion. All right, and you've got the Duke Blue Devils, a rivalry game. There will be no basketballs being thrown out in this one. I never counted out. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your thoughts coming into this game since we flip-flop? What do you think? Because Duke's playing really good right now. Defensively, they are stout. Ben Humphreys and the crew, they look pretty good. Daniel Jones is clicking, and Sean Wilson 
uh, last week was spectacular running the football against Baylor. So what are your thoughts coming into this game? Duke looks really good. Yeah. Um, they look better than I think they've looked to start a season uh, mm-hmm. since I can since I can remember. Yeah. Um, and we have not looked that great. Yeah. Um, the one thing, and now you probably give me some crap for being a homer here, but we have not looked terrible in our games. There have been signs. You I would agree. You touched on it earlier that when you're building, you want to see signs of progress. Yes. Uh, we knew we were going to be super young this year. We knew that it was probably a seven, eight win season at best. Um, but you wanted to see progress from the young guys, and you're seeing it from. from I mean, Surratt, Chess Surratt is that boy is going to be really, really Fedora. It's going to be Don't really, really good. You put. I think that's Brandon done. That's done. Brandon Harris played two snaps for another minute. He played two snaps and we blew them out. So I think that was the sign, which is the biggest sign of progress. Is that I think Surratt is the guy going forward, which he should be. Um, our young running backs are starting to get it together, starting to get their feet under him a little bit. Um, Duke's favored by two and a half, I think, is yeah. all it is. So I think this one's kind of a toss-up. I mean, I definitely think Duke has the advantage. Um, but I think this is one of those games where if we win this game, big game over a rival, we're one and one in the Coastal, and then you're not dead. Yeah. You know, the, like we said, the Coastal's crazy. Yeah. And you can go from seeming like uh, you're totally out of the race to being right back in it. So – I think our boys get a little hype for this game. I think we finally, uh, and, I think we turn up a little bit and, for this one. And know? one of my favorite intangibles in sports, the ever important revenge factor. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. these guys, uh, they took you out last year. They won a big they one. Did. They took the bell. You guys battled. They took for the, the bell, bell, right? Yep. We battled for the bell. Yep. So uh, I think the North Carolina Tar Heels, they want to ring a ding ding the bell this year. Um, so that that should be a uh, very good matchup. Yeah, it should. I think we'll uh, the offense looks like it's finally clicking a little bit, or at least looks like it's back to that Larry Fedora high speed go 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 offense. Yeah. Uh, my worry is going to be can we stop them because mm-hmm. our defense has not looked very good. Uh, we have not gotten a lot of pressure. We have not played well in the secondary, and yeah. we have not stopped the run. <laughs> that sounds um, like a recipe that's for a, disaster. That's not that's not usually what you're looking for. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do think though. I think we come. I think we come to play big time this week. Okay, what well, now? Uh, going back in, we haven't seen these guys in quite some time. Uh, Miami and Florida State. Yeah, Both man. of these guys will turn to action this week. Yep. Florida State, a dangerous game, but uh, you know. You got a new quarterback in there, and so now you come in and you've got an NC State team that's coming off a nice win. Uh, James Blackman uh, is the starter for the nose, for the injured DeAndre Francois, and now you come in after a long layoff. Now, I think maybe if you're a Florida State fan, you like the extra preparation that your quarterback has gotten now. Yeah, I think if you're if you're a Florida State fan, I don't think you. Uh, I mean, I guess you could. There's something to say. Maybe he gets out there and plays a couple lesser opponents. You know, he gets to get a few mistakes out of the way. Yada yada yada. Um, but I don't think that the uh, the added practice time uh, is going to hurt the kid. Um, I mean, he's feeling the pressure regardless. I don't think you can step into the starting quarterback role at Florida State and not feel the pressure, especially when you're a freshman and you're. Replacing a guy like DeAndre Francois. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I'm interested to see what this Blackman kid can do. Um, Jimbo Fisher sound, sounded pretty confident and pretty high up on the kid, said he's a quick learner, said he's got tremendous poise in the pocket, mm-hmm. and he seems confident. So mm-hmm. he's got – I mean, people forget Florida State. They, he's got all the pieces. Their mm-hmm. defense is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's got great running backs, and he's yeah. got great receivers. So yeah. – 
if he can just manage the game, if he can tap into what Josh Jackson's doing at yeah. Virginia Tech and yeah. that kind of stuff, I, I think Florida State's still a very, very dangerous team. I think this is a. I think this is going to be a tough one for them. Um, NC State definitely they're smelling uh, the blood in the water, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. Uh, the defensive line. And a theme this year in the league is the the superstar defensive ends that we've had coming into the season. They've been kind of quiet so Not, far. And Brandon yeah. Chubb, I say that because Brad uh, Bradley Chubb. I'm sorry, Bradley Chubb. He's been solid, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen the the onslaught of sacks that you would expect from a guy of his caliber. Right. Um, but coming into this game, uh, you got a new quarterback. State's defense has been a little bit underwhelming to say the least this season. But I think that that NC State defensive line, much ballyhooed before the season started. Uh, they are looking to get after him early and often. Um, and you have the Ryan Finley factor. He's playing great football, 75% uh, throwing the ball right now. Yeah, Finley looks really good. Six touchdowns and zero interceptions for him, 987 yards. Uh, he's up in the top of the conference in several passing categories. But the thing with NC State right now that you wonder is how good can you run a football We've seen them now with Matt Day's gone. Uh, Naheem Hines, I like him a lot. Yeah. But you wonder if he's durable enough, he's smallish. And then Jalen Samuels, the do-it-all guy uh, for for the Wolfpack. And Kelvin Harmon, who's really stepping up and having a nice season so far. 24 catches he's got already. So State looks to have a nice passing game. But they're going up against, like I said, a very formidable defense. I think this is going to be an ugly matchup. Uh, a lot of back and forth. Uh, I think both teams uh, will be punting the ball a good deal in this one. But what say you? I think the key for State is they've got to come out strong. They mm-hmm. uh, they have not started strong or not started fast in mm-hmm. a lot of their games. Yes. Uh, they've had a bunch. You could almost say all three of their games. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we all remember what happened with South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then Marshall and Furman, it really took uh, until yes. the third quarter for yes. them to pull away from yes. both of those teams yes. at home. So. Mm-hmm. So they do start slow, and it's been kind of a trend uh, this season. Uh, so I think that they really need to start fast. They need to put some points on the board early. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, for state, this is a uh, this is kind of their mo. You know, they've been they've been kind of a, a sleeping. I'm not going to call them giant, but right. I'll call them above average tall person. Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay. they've been a sleeping tall person. He's like six feet, right? He, you know, state's like <laughs> six one or six two. Like, like, oh, that guy's yeah. tall, but he's yeah. not like oh wow, he's so tall. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I love it. So state has been a sleeping six two guy for a while. You kind of expected them to break out and be really good and maybe shake some things up in that in that brutal Atlantic division. But they never can get the big win, especially when it's on the road. So I think this could be a, a season-defining win for State if the Pack can go in there and get it done. Okay. Now, do you say season-defining? They almost beat Florida State last year, not for mm-hmm. the late touchdown pass, Francois. Mm-hmm. If you're a State fan, are you really hanging your hat on that being that they, they've got James Blackman as a starter? I think I think it's more of just the idea of you need that big win. Just the idea that you can walk into a kid's house and say, we beat Florida State. Right. We beat Florida State at Florida State is a huge gotcha. thing. I mean, take yeah. it from a Carolina fan. Yeah. Last year, we beat Florida State and Miami mm-hmm. on the road in the same year. Yeah. Now, if you were going to tell me that the North Carolina Tar Heels were going to beat 
Miami and Florida State on the road in the exact same year, yeah. I'll tell you again, I would have asked you to pee into a cup and deposit, <laughs> and deposit it at yeah. your local lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but we did it, and, uh, and it gives you a level of confidence that you just didn't have before that the program is growing and that you're seeing significant steps being taken forward. Uh, so I think that could be big for State if they can, uh, if they can pull this one off. But it's going to be tough for them. Okay. And then the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, they've got Toledo this week, so kind of a nice mm-hmm. game for you. If a it, nice, a nice scrimmage yeah, to get them you, uh, to get them ready. Yeah, for, now for Mac conference teams play. can be dangerous. Don't watch you, yourself. I love some action. I do love some action. <laughs> so, but uh, they're nah, they're gonna get. Smashed. You would think it's a decent game for Miami coming off of such a long layoff and still working in uh, a first year starter, uh, which Jimbo, you know, has to do as well. So I mm-hmm. think Jimbo, the football coach in Jimbo, if I'm thinking correct, I'm thinking he, while he didn't want to cancel the game, and I, I would imagine he wanted to get his quarterback some live reps, but I think he mm-hmm. likes the extra prep time that he gets uh, for his quarterback. So we'll see. Uh, got a nice lineup of week four games, but let's get to our boss of the week. What are we talking about? Who, who's your boss of the week, Pat? Who you got, man? Uh, my boss of the week this week, I'm going to go with my man Cam Phillips Okay, at Virginia Tech. Yeah. He was the best dressed man at Media Day. Yes, that he and was. And he was the best receiver uh, in the conference this week. Mm-hmm. He set a Virginia Tech school record with 14 catches. Oh, wow. Uh, I think he went for like a buck 89 and three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, so he was, he was unstoppable. Uh, against ECU and was a big reason why Virginia Tech woke up from that 17 to 7 first quarter slump and uh, hung 57 57 unanswered points on ECU. So yeah, my boss of the week goes to Cam the Fresh Prince of Blacksburg. Ooh, Phillips. Okay. Well, look man, you know that I am a um, see as much as as much as I'm an offensive lineman, I really appreciate defensive lines. I really appreciate trench play. And, you know, I was a defensive end once as well. Back in the day. Back in the day. How man. far back were we talking? We talking Pee Wee? No, I didn't play that early. Uh, I was a defensive end when I started playing in middle school and okay. in my ninth grade year of high school. So I appreciate trench play from both sides. And the job that they did, the Clemson defensive line, okay, let's not, you know, sugarcoat it here. The job that they did in, in, um, being the linchpin of the defense because defense is a total team effort. And from the secondary to the linebackers, all those guys play play spectacularly, but it all starts up front with the defensive line. Dexter Lawrence, Cleveland Farrell, Austin Bryant, Christian Wilkins, all those guys were absolutely outstanding in helping that defense set the tone early and keep their foot on uh, the proverbial neck of the Louisville Cardinals. So uh, they are my boss of the week. I'm giving it to everybody. The bosses. The The bosses bosses of the week, week, man. So uh, fabulous. So That Clemson Clemson line is really – the more I watch them play, the more – you know how you look back at certain high school teams and you're like, holy hell, how did that many – how do they have that many That's players on the team? That's that. like what we're going to say in five, six years, maybe shorter. Yes. We're going to look back at this Clemson D-line and then look at all these guys that are in the NFL, and it's going to blow our minds even further than they already have at how they had that spoil of riches. Yes, uh, for sure. Clemson. This could go down as one of the greatest defensive linemen, defensive lines, especially if they can cap it off with a championship yep. that we may ever see. Uh, in the ACC. Um, the lines I can think of right off the top of my head that may compare with them, uh, the NC State line, 
with um, Mario Williams yeah. and those boys, mm-hmm. uh, John McCargo, Tank, Tank Tyler, and Manny Lawson when three of those guys went in the first round. Yeah. So I think we could see all four of those Clemson guys going in the first round pretty I'm, much. I'm with you. All right, so let's get to our week four picks. Yeah, let's pick them. Uh, Virginia Boise State. Uh, they're playing a Friday night action. Friday night game. A little high school feel. Uh, of Virginia that one. Kurt Banker came out 455 yards, three touchdowns, Banker. had three receivers go over 100 yards. Uh, Michael Kaiser and the crew was balling. Um, I don't know that they're ready to go on the road yet to a Boise State team uh, who's right up there, uh, kind of in the rankings, getting votes here and there. Uh, I like Boise State. Yeah, with you. Uh, I think Virginia. Look, they look better than I thought they would uh, against UConn. Uh, I think they're they're taking the right steps forward, but I am with you. I do not think they are ready to go play in what they call that field, the Blue Inferno or something. Uh-huh. I don't know, maybe uh, whatever. They're yeah. not ready. They're not ready for that blue turf and okay. that long trip. Uh, I'm taking Boise State. All right, so uh, we've got Clemson uh, taking on Boston College. I think it's safe to say that's going to be a wipeout. Yeah, if uh, if you're picking Boston College for any reason, uh, please contact me personally uh, so I can refer to you <laughs> refer you to a specialist. Clemson is a 34. Point favorite. They co- they cover that. I think they cover that in the first half. All right, Kent State, Louisville. I think we can agree. Kent State. Uh, will they run the football this game because they should be <laughs> against Clemson? I think they're going to catch a buzzsaw that is a mad Lamar Jackson and oh, company yeah. uh, in this game. I Whatever like touchdowns he missed out on this week, he will surely get back against Kent State. Uh, Old Dominion, Virginia Tech. I think we both agree. Virginia Tech, absolutely. Hokies all takes them to the woodshed. Yep. Uh, Toledo and Miami. Uh, I think Miami comes out and gets the job done against Toledo. Yeah, Miami plays well. Syracuse and LSU, uh, that's going to be a mad bunch down in Baton Rouge, Tiger Stadium. I think Syracuse, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. No chance. Uh, uh, yeah. I love I love my guy Dino Babers. Yeah. One of the best quotes, like best quote guys in the ACC. What If he's talking, you need to listen because he's hilarious and he's super, super smart. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, his orange are not ready for Some the huge underdogs this week. They are 23-and-a-half point dogs coming into this game. All right, let's get to, to the meat of the schedule this week. Uh, let's go Wake Forest, Appalachian State. I'm taking my Demon Deeks on the road. Improved offensive line play. The defense is playing absolutely stellar. One of the tops in the ACC. You talk of scoring defense. They go to App State and get the job done. Uh, yeah, I think this is Wake's biggest test to date, uh, which isn't saying much, but they <laughs> oh. but that's that's not a shot. That's just that's just an objective view. They have uh-huh. not played a very tough schedule, um, but a road game against a uh, an app team that's going to be super fired up to get a win against an in-state rival and show that they're there with the big boys. Uh, but I'm with you. I don't think App has the weapons uh, to knock off Wake's defense off of how well they've been playing. Okay. So I'm taking uh, taking the Deeks by a touchdown. All right. Uh, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech. Pittsburgh is reeling right now after really getting uh, it put on them the last two weeks by two ranked teams. They go down to Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech. I think Georgia Tech is a pretty good team. I like Georgia Tech in that one. Here goes the here goes the start of the flip a coin to pick the game in the coastal. Yeah, I mean there are so many games in the coastal division where you could just you literally could flip a coin because yes. you have no idea what. And this is one of those games. Uh, but I'm with you. Pitt has not looked very good, and mm-hmm. Georgia Tech 
presents a ton of problems with that triple option. So I'm taking the Yellow Jackets in Atlanta. All right. Uh, Duke and Carolina. I'm going to go with Duke right now. I like the way uh, Daniel Jones and the crew is playing. Uh, I think Duke is a, a very solid team. I think they're for real. Carolina right now, defensively, I just think Duke makes more plays, and I think they get some turnovers. Uh, with that defense that they've got right now that's playing well, that's uh, the the side factor. Yeah. Um, all right, people, don't get mad at me for this. And don't be sending me hate mail and whatnot. <laughs> but right. I'm going to go ahead and pick the blue. Nah, not. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know I'm not going to pick. Can't use that word on the air. Uh, you know I'm not going to pick. If Duke had Peyton Manning coming into this game, would you pick Carolina? No. Okay, all right. And Peyton Manning at this age? Yeah, probably. Okay. I take take old Peyton. But no, my heels are going to show up. Uh, I think we're finally going to play up to our potential, which we have not done, I don't think. We have an offense a little bit, but the defense is better than people think. We have talent in the secondary, a couple linebackers that can make some plays. Uh, I think the heels turn it around this week, and we get a a win. It's going to be close. Heels Heels by four. All right. Heels by four. <laughs> and you gave a spread. I think that's the yeah. only pick that spread. Yeah. All right. Uh, then NC State and Florida State. Um, oh, this is a tough one. Really? It's a tough one for me, man. Um, but my guy Jimbo, I think he coaches up old James Blackman, and I think he gets out there. And I think they win an ugly, close one, uh, uglier than Wanda. Uh, uglier than Shanene. Uh I think it's going to be that type of game. Uh, I like. In, I mean, I like Florida State in the ugly. I mean, I'm talking 2017, 17, 14 ish. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I think it's ugly. Uh, I think it's a slow game. I think it's going to be one that might be a little tough to watch if you're not a Seminole or Wolfpack fan. Yeah. Um, if the game were in Raleigh, I'd I'd be a little inclined to pick. Yeah. To pick. They uh, played a thriller last year. They, and they always play one team really, really well mm-hmm. in Raleigh every single year. Um, but they have not beaten Florida State in Tallahassee since 2005. Um, and I think that that continues. Uh, Florida State gets it done by 10. Okay. All right. Hey, we give a spreads. I hit Pat. You got a little bit of. Uh, you money, know, you like the. We know uh, this is a family show, so. <laughs> hit me up for lines. <laughs> uh oh. All right. So that wraps up another week about that action. We hit you with our boss of the week. Uh, right now, I think we can come to a conclusion. Clemson is looking very serious. Serious. More yeah. serious than Ti's first album. Okay. Uh, but again, it's been another edition about that action. You catch me on Twitter, West Guy Range. Catch me on Facebook, West Bryant, uh, and my YouTube channel, West Bryant Live. Pat, where can they catch you? Catch me on Facebook at Patrick K Ronan R O N A N, or uh, holler at me on Twitter, PK underscore Ronan. All right, man. Well, like I said, we'll be back next week. More picks, more talking trash. We'll see how the ACC shakes out this week. But this has been another edition about that action. I'm Wes Bryant, and it's my man Patrick Ronan. We'll see you next week. Peace.